hey, hey, are you ready for a fresh batch of hot news, ducks? Hello, Oatcake. Yes, today we've got a whole bunch of events to discuss. First off, the war is still raging in Ukraine, and it looks like The Economist is already predicting Putin's victory. But that's not all. Ah, guess what, ducks? The Security Service of Ukraine just carried out an operation that cut off central Russia from the Far East and China. And the Ukrainian armed forces confirmed the shooting of two Ukrainian prisoners of war. And get this, in the Ukrainian trenches, they found rats the size of an AK-47. Incredible. But that's not all. In Israel, the ceasefire with Hamas has ended, and strikes on the Gaza Strip have resumed. Israeli military engaged in clashes with Hezbollah militants on the Lebanon border. And of course, we can't do without incidents in different countries. A terrorist attack in Paris, the arrest of suspects in organizing attacks in Germany, an explosion in a church in the Philippines, a stabbing in New York. And unfortunately, there are ongoing repressions against the LGBT community in Russia. So, as you can see, we've got a lot of topics to discuss today. Buckle up. We're starting. You know what, ducks? I want to share a little secret with you. This year, I've listened to a song about 200 times. Yes, 200 times. It's Olivia Dean's song Florist that I found on Spotify. And you know what? I never get tired of listening to it again and again. Why? Because every time I find something new in it, new emotions, new meanings. But most importantly, this song... It's about me. So, darling, maybe you should find your own song too. So, I've told you about my vision of the future of media. But what about how I, as a person, feel living in this future? Yeah, spill the beans. What's it like being part of this future? Well, first of all, I'm already living in this future, and I'm grateful for allowing myself this life. I have 20,000 readers, many of whom I know and communicate with by email. I adore these people. I know them. I believe in them. It's such a cool feeling, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Sounds like a big family, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's like I have a huge, incredibly huge family. Happy, of course. And after I started a chat for my patrons, I became even more convinced of this. Such open, ironic, curious, understanding people who want to be better, want to make the world better. It's even hard for me to describe this feeling, really. I feel a sense of community, sincerity, vulnerability, acceptance, a connection with the readers, and all of this in an atmosphere of incredible homely comfort. But are there any downsides to this ultra-personal approach to media? Well... One downside of ultra-personal media is the challenge of attracting a large audience. When you're blogging or running a newsletter while staying true to yourself without trying to please everyone, your audience grows. But it grows slowly and up to a certain point. You have to be prepared for it to take some time before you find your people and feel the difference between quality and quantity. It requires patience and discipline but it's worth it a million percent. And what do you get in return, my friend? You know, ducks. It's all about balance. Quantity gives you recognition and collaborations with trendy brands, while quality gives you a safe space, resources, inspiration, support, 
belief in yourself, in people, and in a bright future. Now you know the answer to how I managed to read all these scary news, stay brave, and keep a positive outlook on the world, right? It's all because of you, Ducks. It's you. You mentioned your patrons. Can you tell us more about them? Who are they, and how do they help you in your work? Oh, yes, absolutely. My patrons are the people who support me not only morally, but also financially. They make donations to help me continue doing what I do. And it's not just about the money. It's about trust. It's about support. It's about believing in what I do. And that is incredibly valuable. Sounds like incredible support. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and for everything you do. We can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thank you, Ducks. None of this would have been possible without you. It's you. Hello, Ducks. We've already talked about my readers and patrons, but let's switch gears to a slightly different topic. Unfortunately, our world is full of problems that we need to address. Let me share with you some of the latest news that has shaken me. Yeah, Olya, the world is full of problems. For example, the war in Ukraine. The Economist recently published an article titled is Putin winning? For the first time since February 24, 2022, when Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, the situation looks like he might actually win. This is one of the many recent publications in the Western press suggesting that Moscow is managing to turn the situation in its favor. You know what, Ducks? It's interesting that The Economist points out that it's not just, or even primarily, Putin's doing. They say that Ukraine's allies are hindered by fatalism, complacency, and a shocking lack of strategic vision. Complacency. What a great word. Complacency is a path to disaster. But ducks, don't forget that complacency is not just a path to disaster, but also a great way to miss the chance to win in the game of who am I? Yeah. And here's another piece of news. The security service of Ukraine has partially cut off central Russia from the Far East and China. As a result of the sabotage, an explosion occurred in the Severomuisky tunnel of the Baikal-Amur mainline. It's like someone cutting off your path to the fridge during lunchtime. Oh, and here's another war crime by the Russian Federation, caught on camera. The Ukrainian armed forces confirmed the shooting of two Ukrainian prisoners of war, I couldn't watch it. It's like someone filming you losing at Monopoly. Except it's real life. And here's another piece of news from Euronews. Winter in the Ukrainian trenches. Rats the size of AK-47s, a slush of snow and mud. The rats are huge, with tails as long as a rifle. Another winter, so much snow already, and the mud and the frosts are coming. It's like being caught in a snowstorm without a warm jacket and a thermos of hot tea. Yeah. That's really amazing. But we must continue discussing these important topics. After all, knowledge is power, isn't it, ducks? And remember, ducks, even if the world around us seems dark and full of problems, there is always room for hope and change. Because it is us, people, who are the masters of our destiny. So, we've discussed the situation in Ukraine, but what about other global conflicts? Unfortunately, the war between Israel and Hamas is also ongoing. The ceasefire seems to have ended. Israel has asked for the release of the remaining women, 
But Hamas has stated that they will only consider releasing certain men. Yeah. They explained that almost all of the remaining 136 hostages are military personnel or reservists who will only be released after the war is completely over. The strikes on Gaza have resumed. Hamas is also launching rocket attacks on Israel again. This certainly worsens the situation. Moreover, there have been continued skirmishes between Israeli military and Hezbollah militants on the border with Lebanon. You can keep up with the live coverage of the Israel-Hamas war on BBC. It's really heartbreaking to see so many images from the Gaza Strip in most photo collections. For example, there's a recent one from Reuters. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. But we must remember that knowledge is power. The more we know, the more we can do to help. And by the way, speaking of war, do you know why soldiers always sleep with an open window? Because they don't want to miss an enemy attack. Olya, you always know how to lighten the mood. But unfortunately, the situation in Israel and with Hamas remains serious. We'll keep an eye on the developments and keep you updated. Yeah, that's right. We'll keep you updated. Stay safe and stay with us. You know, ducks. All these discussions about the war in Israel and Hamas remind me of other terrible events happening around the world. Let's move on to the incidents in Paris, Germany, the Philippines, and New York. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with Paris. There, a 26-year-old French-born man from an Iranian immigrant family got angry about what's happening in Gaza and believed that France was involved in it. With these angry thoughts, on Saturday evening, he took a knife and a hammer and went to the Eiffel Tower, to that very bridge from the movie Inception. What do you think could have prompted him to take such a step? And there, shouting, Allahu Akbar, he attacked a German tourist who was walking with his wife. He attacked and killed him. Then he ran across the Seine and attacked two more people, hitting one of them in the eye with a hammer. Fortunately, he didn't manage to kill anyone this time. The police disarmed him with a taser. Did he really think he could change France's policy this way? In Germany, there were no terrorist attacks because they were prevented. A 20-year-old Iraqi native was detained on suspicion of planning a terrorist attack at the Christmas market in Hanover. Prior to that, two teenagers, one from Afghanistan, the other from Chechnya, were detained for planning an attack on the market in Cologne. German authorities today consider Christmas markets to be the main target for terrorists. All of this is after the 2016 attack, of course. Why do you think terrorists choose Christmas markets as their target? On the island of Mindanao in the Philippines, there was an explosion during a Sunday service at a Catholic church. Four people died and 42 were injured. A local Islamist terrorist group claimed responsibility. It's worth noting that 80% of the population in the Philippines are Catholics, but Mindanao is home to a Muslim minority. What do you think are the reasons behind such tension between religious groups? And in New York, there was an incident as well. For some reason, a stabbing in the Queens area made headlines in many media outlets. I guess it's because it's New York and because children were involved. But we won't go into that case. It's some kind of bloody domestic dispute. But we mustn't forget that behind every piece of news are real people and their destinies. All right, folks. 
I know we're all here to relax and have a good time, but let's switch gears for a moment and talk about something serious. Have you heard about what's happening in Gaza right now? Israel has declared its intention to completely eradicate Hamas. It's serious, folks, and this could lead to new casualties and destruction. You know what else? It increases the likelihood of lone wolf attacks. That's the most dangerous part, because they're almost impossible to predict and prevent. So let's be vigilant and cautious, okay? Do you remember me telling you about Mustafa from Senegal, the guy I recently read about in the New York Times? Yeah. That's the guy who tried to reach Europe on an inflatable boat with 90 other economic migrants 17 years ago, right? Yeah, that's right. And on the way, 10 people died from heat and dehydration, five of whom were Mustafa's friends. We had to throw the bodies into the sea because they started to decompose. That's terrible. But did he actually make it to the Canary Islands, though? Yeah, but he was taken into custody and later deported to Senegal. Upon his return, Mustafa, along with two other repatriates, founded a non-profit organization that visits schools in Senegal and tells children about the extreme dangers of such journeys to Europe, often resulting in death. They emphasize that Europe is not a paradise, where they will be welcomed with open arms. That sounds like very important work. What else do they do? They also organize interest clubs where schoolchildren are taught baking, entrepreneurship, and bird breeding. In short, they offer children alternatives to the risky journey across the Mediterranean Sea. That sounds like a really valuable initiative. But how do the kids respond to his stories? You won't believe it. But when Mustafa asked a class of 13-year-old schoolchildren, who among them wanted to leave Senegal after finishing school, only six out of a hundred children wanted to stay. It's sad, but I guess it just shows that there are no jobs and absolutely no prospects in the country. Yeah, and Mustafa understands that. By the way, 96% of Senegalese people are Muslims. What a field day for the European far-right politicians, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But let's hope that stories like Mustafa's will help change this situation. Hey, have you heard about the recent news in Russia? The Supreme Court Judge Oleg Nevyedov declared a non-existent LGBT organization as extremist. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And you know what's even more interesting? Many news portals are publishing a photo of this judge. In the picture, he looks like he's still living in a state of pandemic and is afraid of germs. Well, that's quite understandable. After all, we need to know these judges by face. Firstly, for the future. Secondly, because they're afraid of being recognized. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting? Radio Liberty says that even homophobes will suffer. Social media is buzzing about the ban on the LGBT movement. And as usual, there's no need for mass repression. Just a few high-profile and tough arrests to make everyone scared and stay in horror in their kitchens. And BBC reports that the police conducted raids in gay establishments in Moscow following the law banning the LGBT movement. So here's the deal, folks. The repression will be targeted and chaotic, and all because of recognizing the LGBT as an extremist organization. Well, Oatcake, let's hope that the situation changes for the better. You know, I recently read an interesting article on BBC about Belarus, 
Have you heard that Belarusian sanatoriums and hotels are almost fully booked for New Year's? Yeah, heard about it. I wonder who snapped up the majority of the holiday packages. Well, who else but the Russians, eh? And it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Most Belarusians can't afford those sanatoriums. It's just the sign of the times, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But let's move on to more cheerful topics. You were telling me about how your daughter's play date went, weren't you? Oh, yeah. On Friday, she went to her classmate Georgia's house. And you know what she took with her? A children's English-Japanese phrasebook. She decided that she and Georgia would learn Japanese and it would be their secret language. And how did that go for them? Well, they've started learning Japanese vegetables and colors. And their friend Javon is also in the club, but he doesn't want to learn Japanese. He said he wants to be a security guard. Quite funny, isn't it? Yeah, kids always surprise us with their imagination. So, how's your daughter doing at school? Oh, you won't believe it. The day they moved my daughter away from Javon, the class teacher came up to me and said, You've got such a patient child. She was doing well, but I'm moving her. So I came to the conclusion that sitting next to Javon is a real test. Only a very resilient eight-year-old can handle it. Now she's sitting next to Ayla, and they've put her between Callum and Toby to stop them from playing fighting games. Those boys always come up with something. Well, kids always find something to keep themselves busy. But let's get back to our topic. You mentioned there was something else you wanted to discuss? Yeah, I'd like to ask you to support Expresso Monthly through Patreon or Boosty, or make a one-time donation via PayPal or Revolut. It means a lot to me. Thanks, ducks. Hey, ducks! Speaking of children's imagination, it's a great segue to another topic, the wild nature and the art of photography. I recently came across some amazing photos from the Wildlife Photographer of the Year competition. Oh, that's the one that happens every year, right? People from all over the world send in their photos of wildlife? Yeah, that's the one. And you know what's interesting? They've already announced the winners for the year 2023. It was a people's choice, so everyone could vote for their favorite. But let's not get ahead of ourselves and discuss some of these amazing works. Wow, that sounds amazing. But let's get back to our discussion. You mentioned something about the villain's photographs from the James Bond movies. Yeah, it was really interesting. Someone created a series of hyper-realistic photographs of the villains from all the James Bond movies. They were so realistic that it seemed like these characters were about to step right out of the screen. And you know what? It was really amusing and fascinating. That sounds incredible. But let's move on to the next topic. You mentioned something about the reconstruction of Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah, and that's really important news. The reconstruction of Notre Dame Cathedral will be completed in a year, but the Paris skyline has already gained the outline of a new spire. It's truly impressive. And you know what? This is a really significant event that deserves our attention. Yeah, that sounds amazing. But let's get back to our discussion. You mentioned something about pictures and memes. Yeah, I've decided to gather some of the modern internet folklore that I like. I see in these pictures and memes examples of folk art reflecting the spirit of our turbulent, volatile, chaotic, and unstable times. Besides, 
I observe in this a flourishing of the so-called gallows humor, a variety of dark humor where the one directly affected by a sad situation is the one making the jokes. That sounds interesting. But let's get back to our discussion. You mentioned something about memes related to depression, poverty, and heavy drinkers. Yeah, and that's a really important topic. Here's one of my favorites. When the only memes your friends tag you in are about depression, poverty, and heavy drinkers. Any plans for tomorrow? Going to therapy. So you're in IT? No, I'm a heavy drinker. Haha, <laughs> cheers. But let's discuss why this is so important and what it says about our society. This sounds like something many of us can relate to. But let's get back to our discussion. You mentioned something about Senegalese children. Yeah, that's a really important topic. But unfortunately, we don't have time to discuss it today. But I'll definitely tell you about it next time. Sounds tempting. Can't wait for the next time.